Rachel Redleaf was in her senior year at Chapman University when she got the call to play Mama Cass in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sharing the screen with heavyweights like Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio right out of college may make her seem like an overnight success, but Rachel has devoted her infectious personality and considerable talents to the pursuit of acting since the age of four. You can also see her as a recurring character in the hit Netflix series Atypical, which will soon embark on its third season. In this conversation, we discuss her passion for stage and screen performance and her preparations for portraying such a legendary musical icon in Tarantino's latest masterwork. So you grew up in Arizona? Yeah. What What was it that first inspired the the desire to perform? Well, I was four years old when I did my first show, and uh, I went to this theater called Desert Stages Theater, and uh, it was a theater in the round, and what I loved so much about it is that you could walk across the stage at intermission, and I so I called it the Play Place Theater because I thought it was like um, a playground. And I was like, Mom, when can we see another show at the Play Place Theater? And she, so she looked it up, and there were auditions for The Wizard of Oz. And so instead of uh, seeing a show, I did a show, and I never stopped. And oh. I never learned how to ride a bike because I was too busy performing. And, um, and yeah, so I grew up in musical theater my whole life. And, you know, I would love to be on Broadway someday. That's the big goal. And I just, and then in high school, I got, I got interested in, in film, you know, screen acting and live performance are very different. You know, there's the small aspect versus, you know, being loud and broad. And I thought, well, I really want to study that since I know less about it. And that's what made me go to Chapman is because I wanted the, the different side of it. And, you know, especially coming from something like uh, musical theater, and then to, to, to pick up on screen acting, you're, you're right. I would imagine those are two very different disciplines. Um, you know, you can easily gauge how well you're doing on stage because the audience is like another active participant in the, in the event. How do you gauge that you're, you're getting it right when you're, when you're on camera? Oh, that's such a hard question. You know, there really is nothing like live performing. I, I love the audience. Uh, that was probably the hardest thing when I first went into it. You know, they would say, lower your voice or lower your eyebrows, talk like a human. And I'd be like, this is how I talk. I'm super animated and loud. And and they'd be like, no, no, that's not how humans talk. But, you know, I'd be like, this is how I grew up. Um, so that was probably the hardest thing was, you know, getting to be smaller and and less theatrical. But I think especially in the roles I like playing, I still like to give off that animation and theatricality within the screen because it's part of who I am and I want to show that. But at the same time, you know, I obviously have lowered it a lot. Uh, but how do I gauge that? You know, they'll tell me. They'll say, bring it down. Bring it down to to a four versus a six <laughs> versus a ten. I'll just be like, you got it. And, you know, I just have to lower my voice or maybe – exactly, lower my voice or my eyebrows. That's usually the first two things that I that I take. 
Well, I love it that you say that one of your early notes was talk like a U-bit. It's, it's, <laughs> how yeah. that even, how's that even a note? How do I do that? Uh, <laughs> so so obviously, if, if this once a time in Hollywood opportunity came in your, in your senior year, I mean, that's amazing that you're building a resume just fresh out of college. Um, how did it come about for you? So wild. My manager messaged me, and he was like, uh, they're looking for a mama calf. You look like her. We got to get you on tape. So I recorded two of my songs. I don't even know if I had a had an official audition. I just put myself on tape singing two of her songs. They sang California Dreamin' and Monday Monday. I put on a big moo-moo. I, I did my hair up like her. And, you know, I gave it my all. And then we sent those self-tapes in. And I didn't hear for a month. I kind of forgot about it. It didn't... Um, didn't really go through it. And then my manager called me a month later and was like, are you sitting down? You better sit down. I was like, I'm sitting down. This was like 8 o'clock at night. And he's like, you got the role. And I was like, mm. what? And I started freaking out. And it was just, <laughs> because I, like I said, I had kind of forgotten about it. It never really developed. Like most auditions, you know, you go through callback one, callback two, callback three, maybe um, some readings, but this was just, you know, the the movie was already in development. It was already being filmed when this role came to, to came to fruition and started being cast. So yeah, I was not really expecting much from it, and then that happened, and it was wild. Yeah, that is crazy. And how how um, acquainted were you with Mama Cast prior to this opportunity? You know, I heard some mamas in the papa's music. I, I obviously love California Dreamin' and, you know, the classics. I wasn't as well-versed as I am now. I mean, now I'm, like, their number one fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so when it came for the self-tape and doing that, uh, I did I did what I could. Uh, you know, I, I looked up her songs. I Like I said, I knew the classics, but... I looked up those songs. I watched a few of her, uh, a few of the, like, most famous videos so that I could get, like, her mannerisms down. And I did that uh, just for the self-tape. And then once I got the role, I watched all the documentaries. I watched all the YouTube clips I could find. And then the best thing happened to me is that her daughter, Owen Elliott, actually reached out to me um on Instagram and was like I heard you were cast like I would love to get coffee and give you any information you would like uh I give you my blessing like and we became great friends and now we're still in touch and it's just the coolest like most honored like I'm so honored to like have this relationship with her daughter what kind of insights does she share that that uh that you think you, you couldn't find through, you know, the archive materials and stuff? What kind of personal insights does she share with you that were useful? She only remembers the, the little things, you know, because her mom died when she was quite young. But, you know, she just just hearing from her about, like, you know, the stories she could share with me from from other family or from neighbors or from whatever and just, like, showing me pictures and things like that, just, like, hearing from a personal experience versus watching videos or watching, you know, because every, watching something that everyone else can watch 
you know, that's cool and awesome, and I got all the information I needed from that because, you know, for example, I want to emulate what I see. But getting such a personal touch and stuff, I feel like now I can bring that in as well, and it just kind of gave me the confidence and the which which is all I needed, honestly, was just that little boost of, like, wow, I have this personal connection now. The, the feeling of responsibility, too, because you're playing Absolutely. a real person that, that meant a lot to the culture, and this is her daughter, you know. That, that must yeah. have really deepened the investment, too. Absolutely. And I, I know how actors prepare, Um I mean, really, really good actors. They 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 throw in everything in the kitchen sink into their preparation, but at the same time, you are serving a particular narrative. I mean, in this case, Tarantino's narrative. What was the one thing you most wanted to convey about her her essence? Mm, that's a good question. I guess the joy, you know, she had a lot of fun and we, you know, I'm primarily in a party scene in the movie and, you know, Quentin pulled me and Margot aside and he said, just keep this in the back of your head. You know, you're both, this isn't something we knew, either of our characters knew, but this is probably one of the last parties we are attending. And like, I thought that was just a very careful note because I was like, they were both, Sharon and Cass Elliot were both so full of life and, like, shared so much joy. And, like, even though they both led very difficult lives, like, they were both the life of the party. Yeah. And so I think that's that's really what I wanted to shine shine through and not not really show the, the heartache there because, I, I you know, I was partying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 you know, obviously she she had her challenges, but I think one of the things that was most infectious about her was that bold, big personality that that came across exactly. as soon as she opened up her mouth and sang. You know, it was right. it was beautiful to behold. Um, yeah. You know, I just just a couple of months ago, I drove past her house uh, mm-hmm. where she used to live. Do you know? Do you know what? What? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, do you know who bought the house not long after her death? Who? Oh. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, and he okay. claimed he claimed that the house was haunted, and it was while he was living in that house that he wrote Ghostbusters. I thought that was interesting. Oh, I don't know. that is as a movie very geek. I, <laughs> Yeah. Huh. So, uh, so yeah. you mentioned uh, you mentioned Margot Robbie and 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 working alongside her. Uh, I mean, yeah. you're working with extraordinary people. So, so first of all, tell tell me about her, that whole experience, and and what you observed of her, of her work and her process. Well, yeah, I primarily worked with Margot, and she, she's such a joy to work with. I mean, to see someone of her caliber and everything about her is wonderful but she's also so so kind and you know takes the time to you know talk to each of her co-stars and you know 
which which is just so sweet. And, you know, we definitely developed a friendship on set, which I think is so cool. Uh, what was really cool was watching her in the makeup trailer with her uh, with her dialect coach, and she would be listening to Sharon Tate's uh, old videos and be repeating after her, and her dialect coach would would say a word, and then she'd repeat the word, and just how invested she was in getting each word, not just each phrase, each word perfect, and how much dedication she has. But also, how fun she is. I mean, like I said, we were we were mostly in this party scene together. And, you know, how we would dance it out together and just, like, you know, let loose. She wasn't this a laser-focused, like, oh, I can't talk to anyone before I'm working, you know? No, we were having fun. We were, you know, it, it was always this fun atmosphere that was almost like a party, even though it was work. Watching from afar uh, the the set design and how they've transformed <clears throat> the city of L- of LA fifty years ago, um, it's been a, a real uh, eye opener just for the outsider. But what did it feel like to to live in that world on that set? I mean, did did that and it might it must have felt like such a time warp for you as an actress. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive in that time, <laughs> but like seeing seeing all that was so cool. And being that's like my favorite era, and like being being there is like so cool because it really did feel like you were there, like like it mm-hmm. was that time. And every day, like Quentin would dress to set, like he would dress like he was with us in that scene or whatever. So he felt like he was there with us as well. And like everyone just felt so present in that time period. It was just, it was so cool. Cause whether you were at base camp or whether you were on set, you felt like you were there. Uh, tell me about Tarantino uh, in terms of, because you've worked with a, a few directors now uh yeah. what makes what makes him unique in your eyes wow uh i mean i've never seen someone with so much passion behind a camera like he has so much love for this not just this industry but for obviously for ev- for everyone that's working with him like he he checks on every extra. He checks on every crew member. He checks on, and he's just always making sure everybody's happy, enjoying themselves, and and that make, that makes him happy. You see the joy in his face constantly. You see how much he's enjoying making this movie, and that's what's so amazing about his movies is that he's loving them, and that's what makes them so amazing. He, you see the infectious the infectious energy on set like you can't before we take a shot he goes or before we like go for a shot he goes let me hear a woo let me hear a woo woo he just always (laughs) amps up everyone he he's so much fun he just he's so great to work with because he because he wants to be there not just to get this movie out but but to get to work with you he wants to work with everyone 
and that is so cool. You know, I came on set being this, you know, nobody, whatever, and he was like, Rachel, I'm so happy you're here. Every time you're on camera, you just light up the screen. And I'm like, wow, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, he does not have to compliment me. He doesn't have to say anything, and I'm honored, you know. And then he says that, and it's just like, thank you so much. When he, when he gives out these compliments, he knows that he's creating this healthy environment where people not only – have to work but they like to work and I think that makes for these amazing films yeah is he um, is he sp- sp- very specific in, in his direction um sometimes it honestly depends you know uh, when we were first doing the scene you know we were dancing together he was showing Margot, the choreography, so he was dancing with me, and we were just, he was playing Sharon, and I got to dance with Quentin Tarantino, and it was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, he's pretty, you know, it depends on the scene, Uh, but sometimes he's just like, this is what it's going to look like, and he shows us in the camera beforehand uh, with uh, what they staged with the background. And we kind of see the picture of it, and we'll do our own thing. Or sometimes he'll be like, this is what I want. He has a very clear picture. Um, it just depends on the scene. But no matter what, like, he, he has a vision. I think he just trusts what his actors are going to give him as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood isn't the only thing that you're you're featured prominently in. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the Netflix show Atypical. Um, yeah. You've been on for a few years now, and uh, uh, I'm I'm wondering what what you've been gaining from from that experience of being a recurring character. Yeah, I'm I'm so lucky. That was my first first ever film experience, and I got that sophomore year of college. It's been unbelievable. You know, I think the best part about it is is the content of the show. I, it's just such a heartwarming, loving show. And the people on it are just the same as that. And I'm so lucky to be a part of that environment because that's exactly the kind of experience I want to have. Uh, and I won't always get that, but I'm lucky that that was at least my first experience. It's taught me so much, you know, the the people on the show, the the set, everything about it. You know, Netflix is such a great community, and Sony is wonderful as well. With the actors I've I've spoken to in the past, um, whether they're they're new or or kind of seasoned, there's a gypsy like quality to their existence because they they go into an environment it's a very intimate concentrated uh period of time with with a lot of people you feel intimate with for brief moments um and then they go off to do something else Uh, and i'm wondering when you have an experience like a once upon a time in hollywood or what have you is it emotional to to then walk walk out of that experience and get back to, okay, normal life? That's so interesting. That's such an interesting question because, like, with theater, 
with shows, I definitely have like post show depression. Like after mm-hmm. after I finish like a theatrical show, I'm like, Oh, this show is over, what do I do with my life? But after a film or T V show, I don't know. With my typical cast, I definitely I we're all very close, so we all still hang out and then wait till the next season and see each other again. Um with with the movies and stuff, I don't know. I guess it doesn't ever feel like an ending because you have, you know, I know, I know you have the rap parties and stuff, but when you're on set day by day and and doing scenes instead of performing for an audience or whatever, it doesn't feel like it ever ends because it's just take one, take two. You've never done the official performance, so until you see it in theaters, when you see it in theaters or on TV, that's the performance. And then mm. that can go that can go on for forever. You you know you can watch them as many times as you want. You can show your kids. You can show your friends. So because it's able to be filmed and you're up, able to keep that memory forever, like I guess I've never felt that like sadness, like it's it's gone because you know you can hang out with those friends forever. But but you know obviously you miss the set, you miss the director, you miss the makeup artist. Oh, I get so close with the the makeup artists and the crew. Um, so, uh, but I've never really thought of it that way. Now I'm going to, and now I'm going to be depressed. Thanks a lot. I'm going to be sad after all my movies. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to be a doubter about it. I think it's a beautiful yeah, thing. but it, 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 it is interesting to be an actor, and, and that's, that's your reality, kind of going from one reality to another, like yeah. kind of drifting, drifter, yeah. You know, I think once Atypical comes to a close and, like, that's a family, mm-hmm. then that'll be really, that'll be really hard. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I think it's maybe easier with films because they're so quick. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. And now I'm going to contemplate it for the rest of my life. 